This is a HeadGum Original. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The fate of the world will soon be decided. dominion of evil grows even stronger. There is a union now between the two towers, Varador, fortress of the Dark Lord Sauron, and Orthanc, stronghold of the wizard Saruman. The peril of the Ringbearer deepens. An unseen danger draws closer, for there is another who hunts the ring. And what that means is, no, my lord, winter is not yet come. Would you, before your time, leave your people? <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh boy. Well, this is another episode of Newcomers and we're watching Lord of the Rings. I'm Nicole Byer. And I'm Lauren Lapkus. And wow, we were given the honor of watching Lord of the Rings 2, The Secret of the Chambers Tomb. Yes. The Tombs, (laughs) Chambers, Secrets, Towers, uh, Gollum. Hello. Yeah, it's called The Two Towers, which we yes. did give notes on last time because mm-hmm. we thought since it came out after 9-11, maybe they could have adjusted it. But yeah. Yeah. I guess it was a book but first. So they were just like, we're going to keep that. If it's triggering, you know, you have three hours to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie. Um, wow. I can't wait to talk about it. The The good thing is mm-hmm. we have somebody here. Um, yes. Who is just a super fan of Lord of the Rings. Oh, and by the way, if you want to watch this movie, it's available to rent on Amazon Prime for $4, or you can watch it on HBO Max if you have that subscription. Mm -hmm. Um, But our guest today is an actor, writer, comedian. You know her from Wild Horses, Veep, Homecoming, Greener Grass, and much, much more. I mean, she's everywhere. She also made a guest appearance on the finale of the first season of this show, where we first announced we would be watching Lord of the Rings. So it's very fitting to have you back, Mary Holland. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I wish people could see how big your smile is and how happy you look. 
I am so happy. There's nothing I'd rather do than spend an afternoon with my dear friends discussing Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Wow. I think there's stuff we would rather do. So we're so glad you're here. Yes. <laughs> it's, so, Mary, how did you become a Lord of the Rings fan? How did this happen? Well, it it started, I would say, um, in... Uh, I think the the first the Fellowship of the Ring came out when I was like 13 or 14. Um, and I remember going to see it. I knew nothing about the the um, J.R.R. Tolkien or his world. And <laughs> I um, remembered loving the movie. And when it ended, I was so surprised that it ended. I was like, oh, I could have watched that for another two hours. Like, I, I thought That's it ended insane. fast. That's crazy. <laughs> I, and Nicole and I are aghast right now. That's yes. the idea that you well, lose track of time while watching this movie is impossible. But it's different. I came to it as a as a, a, a teenager, you know, lost in my own, like, not sure who I was or what, you know, didn't know about myself. And um, I feel like it's totally different when you come to when you come to Middle Earth and you're <laughs> an adult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you you know, like, I, I wonder if my experience of it would be different had I experienced. Well, it I time. feel like you're somebody who really likes fantasy. You like like a Renaissance fair. You did work at Medieval <laughs> Times. Um, I did, you, and you that did? ties in. Yes, and that ties in directly with Lord of the Rings. Um, well, I just real quick want to say that I in high school, I went to my last years of high school, I went to um, a, a boarding school. And so my best friend and I, I would read to her at night from The Hobbit every night. We would sit out in the hallway right before it was time to go to bed. And we read the entire I read her the entire thing. And that's when I really got invested in the world. Um, And then in college, the summer after my freshman year of college, I got a job as a photography wench at Medieval Times. Is that the like the actual like you went in for a job interview and you said, I'm here for the photography (laughs) wench job. That's the term for a female photographer uh, in general. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I listen, I honestly went because I also. Yes, you're right, Lauren. I, I have a real affinity for. Um, for fantasy, for anything that uh, has to do with that sort of, you know, atmosphere or environment. And I was also obsessed with medieval times. And when I went to college outside Chicago, and so there what there's a medieval times in Schaumburg, Illinois. And so, which is also, hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I was... I was staying in DeKalb, Illinois. That's where I went to college over the summer to like get some credits uh, done during summer school. And so I was like, I just basically went to medieval times and was like, whatever job you have, I want it. (laughs) But I want you both to know that Schaumburg, Illinois, in that medieval times was 100 miles round trip from (gasps) where I live. Oh, I forgot that. So what was that? How long did that take? It took me like a little over an hour to get there and a little over an hour to get home. 
and I worked there Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. And I will tell you this, it was worth it. I would do it again. I got paid $6.50 an hour. Oh my God. And what were the hours like? You wouldn't have that many hours because the show isn't that long, right? Well, there's two shows in oh, a, okay. in a, in, on a weekend night. Um, so I, I was there like five or six hours, but then you also, when you're um, a photography witch, which I feel like is, is definitely not the right way to say it. Five or six hours is nothing, is no money. It's, <laughs> yeah. It was no money. No, I paid to work. It's there, like, yeah, basically. you like broke even or came out of pocket. That's <laughs> which so yeah, funny. Yeah, definitely did not break even. Because we would make commissions on, you, you know, when you come into Medieval Times, we take your picture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we take your picture with the king or the queen or the princess or whoever. And then we try to, we print them really quick while you're like enjoying your meal. And then we go around and we try to sell them to you during the course of the show in these like little packets in like a frame and a keychain and all this stuff. And so you would make commission depending on how many of those you sold. And I simply was not good at selling them. But (laughs) Can I I, um, express a complaint about the way they do those? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Don't they have it? it Don't they have it so that the picture is like you're holding your table number in it? Yes. So, so we can find you. But then it's like, oh. why do you want to have like 19 like in front of you in this it's picture? Terrible. It just seems weird. It's it, I agree with you, Lauren. And I, I and also like the framing of the picture, it's like somebody's head and then like 10 feet <laughs> of like a background and then a little card like with their table number. It's not great. But but I loved it. I loved being in that atmosphere and we wore costumes and it. I, I just could not get enough of it. Did you have to pay for your costume or did they no. supply it? They supplied it. And then okay. they they also. So every time you showed up for work, they would basically give you fresh uh, wardrobe. So oh. you um, it, it was it was great. And I, I love wearing the corset and I love the Oh, <laughs> and I loved it so much. And um, when I and how it ties into Lord of the Rings, just real quick. Is, um, no, I take would, your time. We got nowhere to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're talking okay, Lord great. of the Rings this whole time, so you're right on topic. <laughs> um, I would, so if anybody's familiar with that area in Illinois, you could take the highways, the um, 88, I think, or whatever freeway is there. You could take the freeway, sure, to get from DeKalb <laughs> to Schaumburg, or you could take state roads and you could be like, in the sort of like back country of Illinois, like going through farmland and trees. And and so I would purposefully take that longer route and I would listen to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack the entire time for the whole Amazing. hour. And it would get me in the mood and then I'd go to work and it'd be so nice. And I'd drive home under the moonlight and listen to that soundtrack. I It just really became a big part of my identity. And um I just want to show you this real quick. So I um, I don't know how well you remember this moment from the Fellowship of the Ring, but do you remember Arwen? Yeah. That's okay. Liv Tyler. Yes. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, and I, you I know, recently looked that up. <laughs> and you know how she and Viggo Mortensen are like in love mm-hmm. and she, she gave him a necklace. Yeah. Um, well, yes. I haven't polished it, but I've had this necklace Ever since. Wow. It needs to be polished. It's pretty tarnished. Wow. But my plan is when I get married, I'm going to uh, give the same vow that Liv Tyler did to to Vigo. And she said she gave it to him and, and he was like, you cannot give me this. 
And she said, it's mine to give to whom I will, like my heart. Wow. I mean, you're going to cry. But truly, I I love it. (laughs) I truly love it. It's adorable and it's unbelievable and it's wonderful. And I feel Mm -hmm. like you have found like I when I think about matt or but but also a lot of guys i feel like you are their dream girl like the way the way you're talking about this Mm -hmm. so passionately i'm like there is a huge population of men who would just love that about you and that Mm -hmm. is really crazy oh my gosh (laughs) well that's so nice of you because i i sort of i feel like the the there's an undertone of um (laughs) just a lot of sadness and uh No, because if you said that at a wedding, I wouldn't know it was from Lord of the Rings. I'd be like, wow, this is so sweet. But then people who are in the know, they'll be like, oh, Oh. that's what uh, uh, Aranifa, what's her name? Arwen Arwen. said to Acorn. (laughs) That's what Aquafina said to Acorn. It might the as names well be. in this are so hard. <laughs> now, I know they're tough. Mary, who yeah. are your favorite characters in this franchise? At least that we've met so far. Maybe there are people we haven't met yet. Or um, I love Samwise Gamgee. He's what's that? He's one of my favorites. <laughs> Sean Astin's character. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what is that? What's that? You said what? What characters do I like? And I said a name, and you <laughs> and said what? What's that? Is that? <laughs> What's that? I remember him now. Yes. We call him Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam. Sam. Yeah. Um, I love Sam. I love Gandalf. But but I have a real connection with Gandalf because of The Hobbit. He he plays a real um central role in The Hobbit. And so that that I think was uh my real my real diving in point to the whole Middle Earth experience was was through that book. So I have a very strong connection. We to like that Gandalf. Character. I he's great. Particularly loved Gandalf in this because his wig was snatched. It was laid. <laughs> it looks yes. so good. And it's <sighs> interesting because when he was Gandalf the Grey, he was all grimy. And his hair was like everywhere. And then he like fell down that hole, defeated the hell monster and then like became even whiter than he was. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I was here for that. Although, yeah, I really I just I missed him spinning around. I'm sad that this movie didn't have that in the first movie when he spun around and got sent to space. That was my favorite part. Oh, we loved yeah. That. When he got spun around and sent to space. That's right. <laughs> Well, he did kind of spin around and get sent the opposite direction in this at the beginning of this movie because they replayed the moment oh, when, yes. when he's with the Balrog in the Mines of Moria. Mm-hmm. And we thought oh. he was dead, right? But he yes. wasn't dead. I got mad at that part. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I already done saw this. And then John was like, shut up. It just started. <laughs> <laughs> I think that part was like almost comical, like how long he fell. Mm-hmm. I was like, stop falling. Like, first of all, I didn't want him to die. So I was like, do I have to watch him like fall through the sky for like five minutes? It it reminded me a bit of um, there's like some Andy Samberg movie where he like is on a motorcycle and like falls like over and over and over again for like five minutes. And it was so oh, funny at, at the time. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this, I feel like was like that. I was like, make it stop. Like we get it. Like he's yeah. falling. We know. 
Um, but then I was glad he was alive. Um, Same. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think the purpose of that sort of long fall is that that the Balrog is a demon is like from the very depths of of uh, of the earth. Wait, and that's so the I, thing that he fights. Wait, who's that? That's the that's the uh, the demon of the ancient world that he faced. Yeah. And he lives, so he's like way down. He's like in the the magma part of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what they were trying to convey was that he's way far down. Is that a dragon type thing, sort of? Was it like an animal? No, it, it's spelled B-A-L-R-O-G. And it, he's just like um, a fire monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. It, it to me seems dragon Wait, spell it again? B? Mm. A-L-R-O-G is, I think, how you spell it. I so crazy that. that you know how to spell that. I, I can't ask me anything. <laughs> so, do you have a least favorite character? Um. Oh, I, I, I will say Faramir makes me really sad. I don't know if you've been introduced to him yet. Uh, he might Faramir. Faramir. He might come up in the third movie he makes me he he i mean the the actor is uh brilliant and the it's just the the character oh no, he's makes me in quite here. sad is he he's the brother of the yes. dude who betray or was trying a to Boromir. betray oh yeah Odo. that guy yeah okay oh Borum. yes it's yeah. right on top on our character sheet good lord <laughs> it's a lot of names it's yes. a lot of names and the hardest names yeah i know um but i i think all the characters are so uh, I really connect with all of them. I love Marion Pippin. I mean, who doesn't? They're really they're the comic relief of uh these movies. I think. Um, and of course, Gimli's great. Yeah, I'm like scanning my sheet. Like, who is mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going Gimli, back and forth. Oh, Gimli's Gim- the little redhead with the he, big beard. Yeah, he's a gnome dwarf. He's dwarf, a dwarf. Mm-hmm. and I feel like he got smaller in this movie. I don't think he was as small in the first one. <laughs> there are some ways that they play with perspective where I feel like I keep misjudging how big someone is. Like, yes, with this yeah. movie, the people who are hobbits, I th- was like, they're way smaller than I remember. I feel yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I feel like everybody got a little bit smaller <laughs> in, than in the first one, which is insane. Also, I felt like the CGI was distracting in this one. It was with the tree guy. Did you feel like that? Yes. Yeah. The trees oh, made me laugh and laugh. I liked that character, but I was like, I can see this like outline around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact about Treebeard is he's voiced by the same actor who played Gimli. <gasps> oh. Double pay. Yeah, double pay. Um, Treebeard. <laughs> double Treebeard. pay. I'm so glad you brought up Treebeard because that it, he is one of my favorite characters too. And you know what he and, and all the ints represent in this battle that they have with Saruman, you know, Saruman, you look at his whole kingdom and his tower and it's all is industry. It's like, you know, destroy the earth, burn the trees, make machines, um, you know, war and industry, war and industry. And then the Ents, it's like this this ancient life force from nature and from the forest that has been around f- since the beginning of time. And they're coming back and they battle with industry. And it's a, isn't it wonderful? Wow. Yes. <laughs> now, Mary, 
Okay, we have to talk a little bit. I mean, we're going to get into it more when we get through the plot, but... Sure. Gollum as a character. Yeah, how'd you feel about Gollum? What's your take? I know people like Gollum, and I, I don't understand. Well, <laughs> again, <laughs> Gollum is a character you that you get introduced to in The Hobbit, and Bilbo Baggins, Frodo's uncle... Um, and the first like adventure with Gandalf, they go through the Misty Mountains and Bilbo gets separated from his group that he's with. And he comes across, he wanders into this cave and he crum- comes across this little creature who uh, is, you know, they have this exchange where the creature like um, plays a game of riddles with him and Bilbo uh gets the ring at a certain point during that exchange and and that creature ends up being Gollum but what you will discover as you continue watching these movies is that Gollum used to be a hobbit he used to be a we hobbit like creature did get that in this one yes. i think when they're like smeagol yeah. smeagol yes, yes was his name and he um you see more of him at the in return of the king as he used to be, but that it, it sort of shows what the ring does, how it uh, oh. con- consumes and destroys. Like, um, because Gollum was so obsessed with this ring, the, his precious, you know, it it mm-hmm. sort of it even caused like a rift in his personality where he he has two different sides of himself, and that's why he refers to himself as we is because mm-hmm. he's the, the ring drove him to the brink of insanity. Um, or or he or it just drove him to insanity, not to the brink. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's fully it. crazy. I like he's he got has. that scraggly hair. I yeah, wish he would just it. shave it. He's like a man who won't embrace his baldness, and then right. he's talking yes. to himself and it make precious. And then he doesn't know about potatoes. And I was like, surely you remember potatoes, he one does. of the most versatile vegetables in maybe the world. I he wanted know the hair potatoes. shaved. I wanted. I want him, unfortunately, dead. Well, he needs um. a make. He just needs a makeover, and he just needs. And you know, yeah. his eye. Like it's also like his eyes got to be that size because he lived for years and years and years in the dark. He just lived in a cave. <gasps> oh, and so, so his, his eyes, eyes got like, bigger. Yes, um, and you can see this with creatures that live at the bottom of the ocean, where it's really dark. They have these huge bulbous eyes oh. um, to like uh, filter in. The very limited light that's down there, but uh, but anyway, so he just became this like monstrous creature, and that's why I think Frodo, who's currently bearing the weight of the ring and and battling his own um, desires with it, when he sees Gollum, he feels pity for him, and there's a part of him that's like, I I could I could so easily become this creature mm. mm-hmm. i didn't quite get that i mean i did near the end i guess but i feel like when i was watching their dynamic i was like he he i thought that it showed like his heart that he cared about him so much yes but i wasn't thinking that he was seeing him as you know a possible future for himself which would be oh can you imagine if he turned into that i would be so upset to wake up and be like i'm gonna i would <laughs> It would just be so upsetting. I used oh. to be Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm Gollum. We're Gollum. Also, did he name himself her. Gollum? It's, he's called that because of the sound his, vo- his throat makes. 
That's what um, Bilbo named him that because we, and he and Andy Circus does it in his performance where he goes Gollum, Gollum, like he coughs and he makes oh. a Gollum sound, and so that's why he's called Gollum. And that also, do you think that Andy Circus should have won an Oscar? Was he nominated? I don't know if he was. He's actually. never been nominated. It's crazy. And I got to see what Andy Circus looks like. He's very handsome. Nicole, he is in 13 Going on 30, and I <laughs> literally he? know him from yes. that movie. He's the boss. Oh, yeah. It's so weird because I didn't know who that was, and I love that movie. I've seen it like a billion times. And then I found out that he does this and he does the King Kong and stuff. And I was like, oh, King Kong. Right. This is this man is very, very versatile. He really is. He was nominated for a bunch of stuff, just not an Oscar. He was nominated for BAFTAs. I think that's the British Academy. Oh, wait, that's not for Lord of the Rings. My bad. So the Empire Awards. Uh. MTV Movie Awards. Oh, hell yes. You got to. Satellite Awards. Oh, wait, that wasn't for... Oh, wait, yeah. He really wasn't nominated. Screen Actors Guild. There we go. For Lord of the Rings. He was in Black Panther. That's what I know him from. Yes. Oh, what was he in that? He's um the bad white man that. in Black Panther. Oh, right. Oh, I guess I should wait. remember. Oh, right. See. Right? And then, well, then... um. Martin Freeman Martin, is also yeah. in Black Panther, and he plays uh, Bilbo in the the Hobbit movie that came out. Oh, oh. I like him. He's I really like him good. Um, but yeah, I feel like with Andy Serkis, it's maybe it's a weird category because he's he's like a total CGI mm-hmm. character. Like, has any CGI character ever won like a Best Actor? It feels. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole different yeah. thing. It feels like it should be a yeah. whole different category. I wonder, at this point. There isn't a category at the Oscars for it, right? There should be. No, I don't How think crazy. so. But now there's enough people yeah. doing this that it feels like it, it definitely should be a category. Let's take a break and come right back and we'll talk about the movie. I can't wait. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. And we're back. Hi. Hi. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the two towers was directed by Peter Jackson and it follows the continuing quest of Frodo and the fellowship to destroy the one ring. And we have a little plot. We can sort of mm-hmm. explain to everyone out there. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff that there I missed too. So much, but also it was so much of just like marching and then a fight and then marching oh. and then a fight But yeah, let's start. So Frodo and Sam discover that they're being tracked by Gollum, who used to have the ring. Frodo takes pity on Gollum and allows him to guide them. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli head out to save Merry and Pippin and enter the kingdom of Rohan. Merry and Pippin escape into Fangorn Forest. This is so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) How I'm reading it, like I'm like reading a textbook. Aragorn... And co meet some men who have been exiled by Rohan's king, Theoden, who is controlled by Saruman and his servant, Wormtongue. Searching for the hobbits, Aragorn's group encounters Gandalf, who was resurrected as Gandalf the White. That part, I really liked liked it. I was like, like, Gandalf can't die because there's more movies. Uh, But I was so excited to see him. He had a, wait, did he have that white horse when he was, uh, when he (gasps) read? Reemerged. Yes. Very Shadow majestic. Facts. Shadow, Shadow facts. facts is his name. These are the strangest names in the history of names. So <laughs> Gandalf, I'm going to call him Gandhi. Gandhi leads the trio to Rohan's capital, where he frees uh, Theoden from Saruman's control. Learning of Saruman's plans to destroy Rohan, Theoden evacuates his citizens to a fortress of Helm's Deep. Aragon befriends Theoden's niece, Iron, who becomes infatuated with him while they travel to Helm's Deep. Rohan's people are attacked by an army of orcs. Reading this, I'm like, did I watch this? Oh, wait, oh, yeah. is this it's where the king from Titanic, he's the captain yes, of Titanic. the king from Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the king of the Titanic, yeah. He was the king of the Titanic. Oh. Yes, he was the captain, yeah. And he said, you'll get your headline, Mr. Ismay. But so <laughs> he was under control of Wormtongue. Wait, are we even yes. there yet? Well, yes, y- you did read that. So I, I, 
it's very confusing because you're sort of thrust into this whole new kingdom right in the middle yes. of this with all new characters and you're supposed to just uh hop on and know who they all are but they're they go to the kingdom of rohan and uh theoden is the king but you can see like in the beginning he's like, he's ri- like his sick. eyes are all he's sick um and he's got worm tongue you know talking in his ear and you find out that worm tongue is helping uh saruman control theoden um from inside his brain Mm. And so that's when, uh, and then Aomer and Aowen are his niece and nephew. And yeah. Ao- <laughs> and Aowen's the one with the long blonde That's Aowen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, so in Rivendell, the elves are preparing to leave Middle-earth for the elf world Valinor. Arwen wants to stay with Aragorn, but her father, Elrond, reminds her that if she stays, she will outlive Aragorn by thousands of years. That's so really she goes. Sad. Elrond is convinced to support mankind and what? And sends an army of elves to Helmstead. <laughs> what? Um, okay, why is it sad that, why is that sad? So he, Elrond basically lays it out for Arwen um elves can only die uh in very specific ways otherwise they live forever mm-hmm. like they getting chopped di- in the head yeah getting chopped in the head they can die oh they so can they can die, die. they're battle. not just immortal they can die in battle and they can die of a uh, broken right. heart but otherwise oh, they live no. forever i know i know i mean that's a lot of responsibility I'm for telling you. Yeah. Yeah, don't cheat on me. I'll literally drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so so the elves are in the middle of this migration and they, they Sam and Frodo talk about it in the first movie when they they like come come across some elves like walking in the woods and you hear the elves singing and Sam's like they're leaving. They're leaving Middle Earth. So they're they're about to get on a ship to Valinor, where they're they're just they're they don't want to be a part of Middle Earth anymore. That men have overtaken it, and the hearts of men are easily corrupted. When you say Middle Earth, mm-hmm. that's like a country, or are they getting into a spaceship? So to- Middle Middle Earth is basically like it's like it's like when you look at the map of the world. That mm-hmm. so Middle Earth is just another world. So I think when they get on the ship and they go to Valinor there's some sort of passage where they go to a different place I don't I don't totally know how that works but they're leaving Middle Earth is the is the mm-hmm. basic idea behind it but um but so so Elrond so everybody at Rivendell all the elves are like we're leaving we're not going to get mixed up in this and Arwen's like well I have to stay because I love Aragorn and I want to be with him and Elrond like paints this picture for her. And this is what's sad is he's like, but don't you understand? You will be here for thousands and thousands of years. Aragorn will die and you will just keep living until you watch the whole earth like disintegrate around you. Um, I mean, and she could, you know, yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. It, it, does she get older or would she stay like young and beautiful? It's a great question. And I, I. I and I and I don't and I oh I think she does get older because I, I think she has to give up her um the she has to give she has to she has to choose a mortal life and and I think gives up some part of her power 
in that way. Mm. Well, her okay. daddy, does he get old or does he stay looking like that? He'll he get stays older? looking like that. No, because he he was he like battled against Sauron when the when the ring was first like forged. Elrond was there and he was like. He was like, there's a huge war between men and elves and uh, orcs and elves. And um, the so he he's been around for like thousands and thousands of years. OK. And looks the same, quite frankly. He does. <laughs> so in Riverdale, the elves are preparing to leave. Oh, wait, did you just read that? Mm-hmm. Wait, I read that. Yep. <laughs> Gollum leads Frodo and Sam. We always do that. We have no idea what it's we're so, talking about. It is kind of. <laughs> that like I tried so hard to watch this movie and was like I don't really Same. understand what's happening and then yeah. you explained it I was it. focusing as much yes. as possible yeah and yeah, you yeah. explaining it yeah. made it I was like oh yeah that's what I saw with my eyes that I literally <laughs> couldn't decipher so Gollum leads Frodo and Sam through the dead marshes and this is when Frodo falls face down in the water yes I didn't understand that why did that happen <gasps> So yeah, that he, was crazy. So the dead marshes are filled. If you look down into them, they're they're filled with um, the faces of of the fallen elves from that huge battle that happened when Sauron uh, killed a ton of people. And they they have um, dead lights, and so the lights that are that that come from them are like super like hypnotic and pull mm-hmm. you in and so frodo just like caught on to one of those lights and just fell forward and also Another thing that they layered into these movies that I think is so great is all living things are drawn to the ring. All living things, all dead things. So everything wants the ring. Bugs Dang. want it. Uh you know, the these spirits of past elves want it. Like it's like it's being pulled all these directions, and that's that's also why it's such a huge burden for Frodo to Isn't bear. Isn't there more rings? Oh wait, no, those rings were destroyed. There are um, there are Don't nine like rings. Nine? Yes, 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 Nicole. Yes, I'm trying to retain. <laughs> I so- love it. I sort of, I sort of thought like when they were looking at the people underwater, I thought that Gollum was one mm-hmm. of them. That's no. not true. He kind of yeah, looks like the, that. The, because they're, you know, the 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 dead bodies in the dead marshes are like totally like rotted and, you know, just they don't look far from Gollum, who's also rotted, but is still living. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so there were nine rings of power and uh, the the dwarves got some man got a few and then but Sauron has the one that's the most powerful. So the other eight literally don't mean anything. I uh no they do like Gladriel, Kate Blanchett's character, she has a ring of power. Um oh, but then she so it gives you power. Yeah, it gives you power, but I you know, and I can't tell you specifically like what they do, but um okay. I can tell you that um the one ring was designed to completely uh out power all the other ones so it it almost is no match and gabrus might have answered this but like who made these rings um so they were for okay yeah so they were forged (laughs) um i don't know they they talk about it at the beginning of fellowship of the ring Mm. and i feel like the dwarf lords forged them but Sauron forged the one ring from the fires mm. of Mount Doom. And that's why they got to take it back there, because that's the only place that can destroy it. OK. OK, so I guess 
With Sauron's help, Celebrimbor Celebrimbor forged the rings of power, three for the elves, seven for the dwarves, and nine for men. Sauron's goal was to control all of the rings, which is why he forged the one ring. And as soon as Sauron put on the one ring, the elves knew what had happened. They took off their rings and hid that. I don't know. There's that's from a okay. blog. I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh my God. J.R.R. Tolkien has a blog. <laughs> oh my God. He's really big Is on he? Tumblr. And he's, he's keeping it going single handedly. Unbelievable, but not surprising. Well, okay. So then the next thing that happens is in the forest, Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard and, and yeah, Ent, he's the Ent. Uh-huh. After initially wanting to stay out of things, the Ents decide to take part in the fight against Sauron. I never read slower in my life. I, I feel like I can't so read hard. the words. I'm like, they overwhelm Isengard, trapping Saruman in mm-hmm. his tower. The army of elves arrive at Helm's Deep, ready to support just as Saruman's army shows up and the battle ensues. And just as the defenders are overwhelmed, Gandalf and more soldiers arrive, winning the battle. Can we just go back real quick to Frodo Frodo saying Gollum was... So Gollum's like, Frodo's my master. And then uh, that dude who's trying to like betray Frodo, his brother whatever, was like, give us Gollum. And then... Frodo gave them Gollum. I was so confused about that whole exchange. Gave them Gollum. Um, you mean they like got separated? So like they took Frodo they and then Gollum is no longer with them, right? So they go up to the Black Gate and they decide. Yeah, do they? Did you see them this, go to the? It Black wasn't gate? the Black Gate. It was like maybe it was the Black Gate. I don't know. It was like. They were in this like like nasty like gloomy place. Yeah, and then he was like asking him about Gollum. Yes, and then he was like uh, something, and then he was like, "Come here, uh, whatever your regular name is, see me, Smeagol, Smeagol, uh-huh. come here, Smeagol, come, come here, see me, Valley. Like, they like, <laughs> come on, see me, Valley, come on, come on, Van Nuys. Uh, and then they like take Gollum. What happens out? I that was confusing to me. Like, why did he like lure him with his like his right because then because then he like brought he like frodo brought him over and then he got kidnapped like why did he help them attack and then then gollum got mad right like they put a bag over his head oh right 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 let me do you remember who took him i'm trying to remember this moment it was the brother of the guy right yeah okay it was faramir that's right faramir um so they so oh yeah okay because faramir intercepts Frodo and and Sam as they're about to got it got it got it right okay why did they let them take him to me I I think there was there there was always a a sense of uh, Gollum not totally being trustworthy Mm -hmm. and I don't know that they knew knew that Gollum was going to be kidnapped it yeah maybe he didn't know but because I feel like he he was I thought Frodo was trying to be helpful And also it like he because he goes he goes like Gollum, you have to come over here. Master says so or whatever. It felt like he was being like, I'm going to fix this and get us out of here. Oh, yeah. Then they okay, got then he got kidnapped and he was like, don't fight it. Like, mm-hmm. just right, go right. or something. But I also was like, well, like, of course, Gollum is not trustworthy. And of course, he's a little rat yeah. bastard. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like a little evil thing. Like, we have no proof yet that he is good he's just been totally overpowered by the ring and that's not an excuse for bad behavior 
But I also wonder if it was a moment of self-preservation where, where Frodo and Sam, you know, like they've just been stopped. They ran into people who don't know, you know, what they're trying to do. And he, he's like trying to manage the situation potentially. Um, but it's a great question. And I think, I think I know the moment you're talking about and, I it is confusing the the sort of why is he mm-hmm. why is he letting him be lord um yeah it is confusing it was an interesting part i think that was you know, even though I didn't understand what was happening, that was one of my favorite. It parts. was honestly one of my favorite parts. <laughs> oh my god! Even though I didn't understand what was happening, I was like, I don't know. It seems like very dramatic, uh, and yeah. I liked that like they had made a friendship, but then maybe the friendship isn't there because I was like, maybe he's like rehabilitating him. I also really liked the the taters scene. Uh, oh yeah, potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was cute when he was making the um, soup mm-hmm. out of the rabbits. Was yes. that in this movie? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel <laughs> I'm already confused. I thought I thought there were I like the interactions between Frodo and Sam and Gollum, even though I don't like Gollum. I'm like, that's the part when I'm the most entertained because the the battles don't really spark. Well, joy they're confusing because I'm just like, what? Yeah. Is, ha- there's ladders. I've never seen ladders in battle. That was crazy when that big oh. ladder went up against the thing. Yes. I was like, now you got that? Yeah, because Helm's Deep yeah. is is supposed to be such a an incredible fortress and the only way to to scale it is with with those ladders. Um so basically Saruman, it's it's sort of the the story of the two towers is the union between Isengard and um uh, Minas Morgul, which is Sar- Sauron's tower. And Isengard is Saruman's tower. So it's also those names are so similar. They're very confusing. Um, but uh, but Sauron, the whole journey of the two towers is how he's trying to, like, uh, acquire power. And he does so by invading Rohan and uh, possessing Theoden and trying to, like, it, get all those people under his umbrella of power with this army of orcs that he, you know, uh has them attack the the people of Rohan. And then on the other side, he's also trying to like clear out the forest and create more orcs by burning the forest around him. And so in the end, he, he wages mm-hmm. a battle on two fronts. He's got his army of orcs that are chasing the people of Rohan to Helm's Deep. Um, and then he's got the, this army of Ents that end up attacking Isengard itself. And, Helm's Deep is such an incredible story of bravery because they face 10,000 orcs and there's only so many people left in Rohan who can battle. Like as you saw in the battle scene, there's there's old men who are suiting up. There's like young boys. It's so sad that, you know, they're just whoever they can get to fight. And that's why um, when Elrond comes to their aid, it's such a big moment. You know what I was thinking when I was watching one of those big, the big battle at the end and how they all had just very little armor <sighs> on. And I was thinking about, this is like a, a sad thought, I guess, but thinking about the military and how like they don't wear armor. Like they wear like a helmet. Yeah, it is kind of like, wild. Right. It's so intense to go into something basically just in regular clothes. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, so that, that was on my mind watching that, but I did think the, um, the scene was the fight scene was very interesting. And I, I thought that the, 
orcs. Now the orcs are the things that are born mm-hmm. out of the brown yeah. sludge. Those They're things disgusting. make me sick. They make me sick. I mean, I'm very impressed by the the artistry that goes into crafting them. But um, the battle was way too oh, long. Oh, yeah. was my big mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting. We, yeah. we have very, like, oh, we just need to kind of just tell me what I happened. Mean, I know. know. Well, <laughs> and Peter Jackson was very cognizant of what he calls battle fatigue in, in films, where you just sort of, like, if there is a long battle, you get bored with it or you tune out or you get desensitized to it. You're not, like, following the story anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he would cut back and forth from Helmsteep oh. to other things. As he, was, he was very cognizant of battle fatigue being okay. a thing. It really yeah. helped. I mean, going back to like the tree yeah. guy, I was really, I really liked that whole scene when the tree like woke up when yes. they were climbing him and then he starts walking and they're like, fuck. fuck. Like that was like very well done. <laughs> I will say the trees spoke so slowly in the longest movie ever. I say these trees need to pick it up. We got it. We got things to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. It takes, it takes them a long time to talk. Well, we have a little bit of mm-hmm. trivia here that I think we should jump into. So the first thing is that since the orcs have black blood, it was only natural that the inside of their mouths should not be pink, but black as well. And to achieve this, the orc actors had to swoosh licorice mouthwash prior to each Ugh. of their scenes. Ugh. Ugh. How Ugh. gross. Thank you for your that dedication as artists. Wow. Why is licorice mouthwash a thing if it turns your mouth black? Mm, um, you know, someone in the industry probably <laughs> created it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah They're like, right. how the fuck are we going to get these totally mouths not a real black? Thing. Ooh, licorice. <laughs> uh, Andy, Andy Circus drank bottles and bottles of golem juice which is a mixture of honey, lemon, and ginger. Ooh, add a little bit of whiskey and you got a penicillin. Ooh, yes, to, you do. <laughs> to keep his throat lubricated during for his intense vocal performance. Okay. He truly is amazing, though, because he's talking in that yes. wild voice. He's doing insane physical movements. I, I'm very blown away. I want to see a video of him In the motion this. capture? Me too. Yeah. Um, Andy Circus said he based Gollum's voice on the sound of a cat coughing up a hairball. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas yeah. Cage <laughs> was offered the role of Aragorn. I don't see that. Uh, which he turned down due to a family obligation. Stuart Townsend was cast as Aragorn. But halfway through uh, shoot. Oh, wow. Halfway through shooting. Jackson realized he <gasps> needed an older actor. I would be devastated. That's you know really who he sad. was dating at the time too. Who? Charlize Theron. Oh, Stuart wow! I wonder if this ruined the relationship. He I wonder. Get past it and was just angry all the time. I wonder. The recast role went to Vigo Mortensen, who almost passed but took the role at the urging of his son, who was a fan of the books. If Vigo hadn't worked out, another actor under consideration was Russell Crowe, who had just finished shooting Gladiator. Oh boy, I don't see that. Wow. Yeah, it's really hard no. to picture him in that role. Yeah. I it's, I go back and forth in this movie with, because um, sometimes it, it's hard for me to get totally swept away when I really recognize mm-hmm. everyone, and I'll just be thinking about the actors. And so for this movie, I don't really know a lot of the actors from other things, so it's really easy for me to believe in what's going on. Um, and I feel like, um, um, what's his name? Frodo. I can't Elijah Baggins. Wood. Oh, Elijah Frodo Baggins. <laughs> Frodo Baggins. <laughs> That's who I meant. Yes, Frodo Baggins. Just that 
Um, no, but Elijah Wood, like he's, he really just sells mm-hmm. it so well. He fits into this world so well. So even though I rarely recognize him, it's, it, it doesn't distract me. But I think if it was Nicolas Cage, yes. I'd be thinking that's mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You know, that's hard. Yeah. That's a good point. Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned for the role of Frodo. Oh, this is a perfect. Cause I, I just said yesterday, who did they almost cast? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned mm. for the role of Frodo and it did not go well. He recounted, I remember auditioning for The Lord of the Rings and going in and not being told that I needed a British accent. I really do remember Peter Jackson saying to me, you know that you have to do this with a British accent, right? We heard back. It was literally one of the worst auditions. I mean, is that really feedback that you need to give anybody? No, that was we uh you they uh, hey Jake um we just heard back from the <laughs> yeah. from the yeah, casting. did I get it they said that was oh. one of the worst oh, auditions the worst. that's yeah. what they said so I didn't get yeah. it mm-hmm. oh okay no, oh you I still got, got it. it but it was oh, one of the okay. worst auditions yeah. yeah thanks team uh that's so wild that somebody <laughs> told him that okay so bearded ladies a good chunk of the writers in Rohan in the in the Two Towers and Return of the King were actually women outfitted with fake beards see. I but love why that. can they just been women? Yeah. You know? That's true. Some uh, were very good women writers in New Zealand, and it'd be silly not to take advantage of them, Mortensen said, uh, in the Two Towers Extended Edition Extras. Which I have two copies of if anybody why two? wants to take a look. Why two? In <laughs> case you wear one out? Hey, I got one. <laughs> Matt got one. Neither of us wanted to throw one of ours away. Um, so we, So now we have two. Um, the, the interviews on those DVDs are so entertaining. You hear these great stories of what it was like during shooting. Um, Ian McKellen talks about what a nightmare it was sharing a trailer with Elijah Wood because Elijah like would blast heavy metal and like Mm -hmm. insane, uh, you know, uh, hardcore music. And Ian would be like in his trailer trying to like focus and concentrate mm-hmm. and he'd get so upset. It's very funny. There's a lot of great stories. That's great, funny. great stories. <laughs> great stories. Well, Gollum was initially supposed to be a hundred percent computer generated, but when Andy circus was cast, Peter Jackson decided to use performance capture technology so that circus could actually play yeah. the character. And this forced the Weta team to redesign the character yet again, having worked on it for three years. Dang. That's intense. Oof. I wonder what it looked like before when it was just yeah. CGI. Yeah, I wonder too. if we could find that. There's a lot of things that I'm like, ooh, I'll look for that later, and I know I won't. Most of the, <laughs> the stunt performers in the battle scenes used aluminum swords. Oh, wait, we already knew this one. Oh. Uh, because Vigo insisted on an actual sword made out of steel, which is crazy. Oh, a veteran sword master, Bob Anderson, said that Vigo was the best swordsman he's ever trained. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty impressive, and thank God he was good if he felt the desire to use it. Imagine he was bad, and they were like, well, another death on the Lord of the Rings set. We can't fire our star. Uh, We can't find nobody else. (laughs) No. We can't do this whole thing again where we recast Aragorn <laughs> after shooting for five years. Why do you think Viggo Mortensen had to re had to replace Stuart Townsend? I, there, he's like I just looked him up and he's like fifteen years mm. older or something. But like, if they got that far and they were shooting it, why does he have to be older? I, what yeah, does that I do for the story? Well, so Aragorn is supposed to be one of the Dúnedain who are uh, an ancient lineage. Excuse? <laughs> a Duodine? The, 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 the Dunedine. A Dunedine. Who, the Dunedine. Okay. 
who um, he comes from. <laughs> he's one of the uh, um, comes from the lineage of ancient kings of man. And uh, those in like he's a descendant of of um, the great kings of the past. And uh, but at a certain point when um, um, I was with um, sorry, I'm trying to remember this quote that that Elrond says, because he's with uh, the one of Aragorn's like ancestors. Um, oh, God, hold on. I hold on. I just want to look this up. While you're looking that up, the Two Towers grossed $62 million its opening weekend in the U.S. and in Canada and was the highest grossing film of 2002. Worldwide, it made $951.2 million. That's almost a billion. That's crazy. And the film holds a 95% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And in 2002, the film won two Academy Awards, Best Visual Effects and Best Sound Editing. Got it. Okay, so mm. he's the heir to Isildur, and Isildur is the one. So he's the king of man who he he went in the flashback to like the ancient battle with Sauron. He's the one who cut off Sauron's hand, and and the hand fell, mm-hmm. or or, or mm-hmm. he yeah, and and he took the ring right, and uh and so that so Isildur got the ring, and then um Elrond the uh. Arwen's dad tried mm-hmm. to get him to throw it into the uh, fires of Mount Doom, but Isildur was corrupted by his own desire for power, and he kept it. He kept it on a, a chain around his neck, and um, everybody wanted that ring, and so he got assassinated by a group of orcs, and he fell into the water, and he um, the ring just floated away until Gollum ended up finding it. But uh, so so Aragorn, like, is like trying to get away. He's part of this like ancient lineage and he's trying to get away from it because a sealed door basically doomed all of middle earth by keeping that ring. And so, uh, so mm. he's like, I, I don't want to be King. I have weakness in my blood. I don't want to do this. Uh, and so he's, he's been around for a long time and I think they needed him to be older because he needed to look like he has, he has been on the road, weathered, leaving, mm-hmm. like running from his past. And if you're a, a young man, that doesn't have the same weight, I don't think. As mm-hmm. it How does many times have like, you seen the movies, Mary? A lot. Uh, you are so knowledgeable. It is kind of incredible. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. I, yeah. You well, know I've seen I, uh, for, uh, that, the scene you're describing with Faramir and Gollum for some reason has, has completely gone over my head but but i've seen them all so many times they're very comforting to me i know like chunks of dialogue i could say i could like give you both sides of the scene um and i even in the special features uh live tyler gives an interview where she talks about how she had to learn elvish how she had to learn this new language and how to speak it and she does an example of elvish and then translates it and mm-hmm. i rewound watched reround watch until i memorized it would you like to hear it of course i would wow yes lau hirnin udalani do any nak nui nu guanarun guifling and what that means is no my lord winter is not yet come would you before your time leave your people 
Wow. That is great. Wow. Wait, do you know more? Do you no. only know that memorized phrase? I only you, know that memorized oh, okay. phrase. Not but only. You, it's really good. Great. Well, thank you. But you you could learn, like he wrote at full languages. You could actually learn these languages. Um, wow. Yeah. If you wanted to. With conjugation? Hell yeah, dude. Am, <laughs> is, was, are. <laughs> I'm just impressed that it's that yeah, deep. That's um, wild. Wow. That's wild. Okay. Well, Nicole, how are you feeling about, about the members of the fellowship as the movies progress? And by that, I mean, just everyone. I'm a, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay. So Gabrus was like, you're going to like that. It's uh, different stories that you're following and not just a group of people moving. Yeah. And, he was right. I did appreciate that everyone had like a different journey that they were on. Yeah. But I, it was a lot of people to keep track of. But I I think I liked it, but I also didn't like it. But I think, I don't know, Talk again, talking to Mary made me like it. Oh, that's nice. What a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. nice to hear someone who likes it. Yeah, we we have our these like opinions as we're watching it and we're just like, I'm bored. But then talking to you and we knew mm-hmm. this would happen. We were like, Mary's going to make us oh. like this because talking to you, you're just very excited about it and passionate and it's meant so much to you. And so it does open my eyes a bit to the beauty and wonder of it all. I do think these movies have sort of do, just moments of really deep emotion mm-hmm. and like just like feelings uh, and like sort of lessons yeah. that they're imparting and it's cool I like those moments the best um where I feel like oh that quote makes because I, I think I had that a bit with like the dark mm-hmm. side and the light side and um there were just you know things that you can kind of relate to your totally in these stories um which is surprising there's this moment I think it's in the first movie where you you hear that like Frodo is like wrestling this whole time with with self-doubt about if he can actually do this and if he's the right one. And uh, there's a great line that's um, I can't remember who says it to him. Maybe it's Galadriel, but where she says, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Mm. I loved that so much. And then there's also a great yeah, line nice. that Gandalf says in in uh, fellowship when he's Frodo's like, I, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. I just want you to be in a Lord of the Rings movie. I I'm feel like you deserve it. I'm desperate. Oh, yeah. it's, they're doing an Amazon <laughs> series, right? Oh, my God. I know. Get in it. Unfortunately, as you've probably noticed, there aren't that many women characters. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. And so, there are yeah. zero black it's people. It's all white. Yes, yes. Yes. Exactly. It's all white and it's 95% yep. mm-hmm. male and... Those are issues we have yeah. for sure. I mean, it would be so much more interesting if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so much more interesting. It would be. I would, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's other realms where there's people of color and more women. Yeah. I hope that in the new series, they would make it more yeah, diverse. I hope so, too. I mean, I don't know. But maybe they're... Because, I mean, when you're, when you're using a text from the 50s, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it makes sense that he wrote it as all these white male characters. That's who he was, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like when you're adapting it for now, you can do whatever you want. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly mm-hmm. what they wrote. And also, like, did he explain that they were white or is that just like what we understood? Yeah, because I don't he think he it ever it labeled any character white. But I think that the the understanding of the Lord of the Rings trilogy as a text is that it's a metaphor for World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that, you know, it being a European, you know, whatever based metaphor that that's how people interpreted the casting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gabrus mentioned um, that, I think. But but no, I don't. I've read most of the books and I, there was, of course, no mention of any any specific hmm. I, yeah, it can be such a cool opportunity with the new one to make it. I ho- yeah, I hope more they do. Diverse and I hope they do. Yeah, and modernized. add me to the cast. Eh? <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, you know, we need more women. I I think it's so interesting that they put beards on the yes, women instead of just having women. Where it would be so cool to it have them on the so horses, cool. like in yeah. battle. And why not? And why not? What's the big deal? They're like, well, like the quote was like, there were so many amazing yeah, women writers. Them? We we had to take advantage of them. It's like. Well, why don't you just make the yes. story that they're amazing women yeah. writers? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not. It doesn't change. Yeah, also, it's full blown um, fantasy. Negatively, it it's not real. So right? You can yeah. Have anybody <laughs> on a horse? Yeah. And I well, this is something that I mean, just as a female viewer of the thing, I'm like, I want to see more mm-hmm. women in this. And that I bet you if we looked at everyone who worked on this, it's like a lot of men where that wouldn't even they'd go just put mm-hmm. a beard on the woman, like rather than like someone being like, why don't we have a yeah. women writers? Yeah. Well, um, and OK, there's some questions that are sheet here. Who has the best hair and the worst hair? And I mean, the worst hair we know yeah, is gone. Oh, my God. Said worst, hair. The worst hair. Worst hair. <laughs> Worst hair, hands down. Best hair, I think Gandalf I, yeah, coming back with that I loved white. It. it was very <laughs> sleek. It, it's laid. You oh, couldn't see any yeah. bumps in that Untouched. wig, and it really does match the horse. Oh, it does match yeah. the horse. I really love mm-hmm. Eowyn's hair too. I think she has gorgeous hair. Like it, it's yes. The long... I actually thought about you, Mary, when I was watching that because really? I was like, if Mary got to have this hair in a movie, she I would be so happy. I would never stop screaming. I would never stop like, screaming. Mary, I would love it so much. You're just screaming. <laughs> I also thought about you, Mary, when they had. Um, I think it was that same character. She had like beautiful bell sleeves on. I was like, Mary would love this whole Mm -hmm. outfit. You're so Lauren, you know me so well. I do. I did. When I saw the movie in theaters, I was like that. That is what that is. My (laughs) capsule wardrobe. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about Arwen, when Aragorn is all like laid up or whatever. And then she like gently like kisses him back to life. And then you find out it's a horse. That she sent a horse to do it. So, like, was he making out with a horse? That was wild. <laughs> I yeah. didn't even interpret it as that. Uh, that because the then horse the horse like kicks him. him up and is like, "Get on, we're leaving." Yes, nudges him. Yes, mm-hmm. but I guess I guess he did kiss that horse. <laughs> and honestly, this changes everything for me. I hate it now. <laughs> I hate well, it now. Mary, You're do you have it. anything you'd like to plug? Um, yeah. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got it. Um, I would like to plug. Listen, you can watch all episodes of Robbie 
a Comedy Central show that is the whole first season's up on YouTube. So and it's for free. And why not? Why why don't you go watch it? It's Rory Scovel, mm-hmm. Sashir Zameda. I mean, you you name Bo Bridges. It's a great crew. Um, and then also check out Jedi Temple Challenge. Guess what? Also on YouTube. Amazing. Very accessible. Yes. For Very the people accessible. Out there. Yes, yes, yes. Lauren, do you have anything you want to plug? Yes, I would like to plug my Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus, you can find it. And I'm doing, I'm currently in the midst of doing a whole um, series on the Babysitter's Club Netflix series. I'm doing episodes all about that, going in depth about babysitting stories with my guests. And then we talk about the show. Um, and then we figure out which babysitter we are. And I'm always Christy and it really yeah. fucking sucks. Jeez. And <laughs> wait, why are you always Christy? I'm Christy. It just, I am like, I can't, That's I can't so explain it. I, just, I can't explain it. <laughs> I, I don't want to be her, but I am. See, it just I don't comes think through it's bad episode. to be Christy because Christy is kind of like a boss about her yeah, life. She's the boss. Yeah. And then a boss in business and she makes them money. She's in control. She's that in is control. true. I mean, she's she's an yeah, entrepreneur. I like Christy. Um, all right, I feel better about it. But so I've been doing that, and then I mean, I guess that's the main thing. You can watch the wrong Missy on Netflix, but that's my main my main little way to um, you know keep myself going mm-hmm. in the quarantine. So I'm doing a lot of stuff on the Patreon, like improv and and conversations with friends and watch alongs with movies, and there's just a lot of good stuff on there. So what about you, Nicole? What do you want to plug? I wrote a book, Very Fat, Very Brave. You can get it at Burns and Noble or a Black-owned bookstore. Um, and then also I have other podcasts, Why Won't You Date Me, Best Friends, Drag Her, uh, 90 Day Bay, where I talk about the best show on television, 90 Day Fiance. Um, yeah, and you can watch Nailed It on Netflix. Woo! Have you been to a Barnes and Noble to see it yet? Not yet. I'm afraid to go to a big old store. Yeah, I know. But I did see someone post a picture with them holding the book in Barnes and Noble. And yes, I was like, Kim New Money, who did the pictures. Oh, so that's okay. I was like, that that looks so amazing to see it in the store like that. It's so exciting. Yeah, it was very cool. I might just go over the weekend and just deal with it. You should and wear my little visor just because wear now I have a visor. a visor shield. That's smart. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're not like so busy that there's like a ton of people in there. Probably not. So you probably or they're they're managing the crowds in there. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'm sure. Well, okay. So now we have the battle of the five stars segment where we read five star reviews. So if you want to have yours read on the air, go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and write a little something. And this person um, says, incredible podcast. Nicole and Lauren are so entertaining and hilarious. Can't wait for season two. If they thought Star Wars movies were too long, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) They are right. I love this review because it's so um, just kind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get reviews that are really horny and, you know. (laughs) Horny? Yeah, pretty horny. Wow. So you can write something that simple Mm -hmm. and we will read it and we love it. So thank you, a reader and Stan, which is the name of the person who did that. And we'll be back next week for the next installment in the series. As Mary said, the return of the King. And we have some very special guests lined up. So we are really excited to dive in. Now, do we think it's three hours? Is it longer than three hours? I hear it's longer. I hear it's almost oh, you like better three believe and a half hours. It's longer, of course. It's long. <laughs> so we got to buckle the fuck up. Text me if you want. I did split this one over. If you need it, if you have any questions, text me, please. I'm available all hours. I I did split this one over two nights, which I think was really helpful for my mental health. And I (laughs) probably do that again. That's what I did. 
All right. Till next time. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Original.